The following message is presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Now the message. Well, if you have your Bible, we do finish our series today on the churches of Revelation. So if you have your Bible, join me in Revelations chapter 3, verse 14. If you don't have your Bible, follow along on your app or smart device, whatever. I'm kind of dreading this one, okay? If there's any church I wish I could skip, it's this one. Because this church, it has several different implications, applications, what facets, whatever you want to call it. But they're all convicting, and none of them are good. So, I'm sure you've heard Laodicea, a place where the water streams. There was cold water coming in from an area, a city nearby. Warm springs coming in from another city. And this is the place where those two would combine. And so the, the water was lukewarm. Um, when we went to Indi- I went to India, the hardest thing to get used to was no ice. And their water wasn't clean. It was like white egg yolks. And so when you turn your cup up, it just dragged itself down your throat. You couldn't stop it. But then it was just this weird temperature. You know what I'm talking about. Y'all don't have cold water during the summer. I went in to turn on cold water the other day to a shower, and it never got cold. The ground, the earth, the atmosphere was so hot, it was just lukewarm. See, y'all are not unfamiliar with that. But if you're in Revelations chapter 3, now before we go any farther, I want you to know, I do love you. I don't want to say anything this morning that offends or hinders anyone's relationship with the Lord, but inspires and encourages you each to a life of righteousness and surrender to His Lordship. But this is going to be tough. Revelations chapter 3 and verse 14, would you stand out of recognition for His infallible, inerrant word? And it says, Write to the angel of the church in Laodicea, thus says the Amen. Mm. The faithful and true witness, the originator of God's creation. He says, yet again, like he said to every church, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I am going to vomit you out of my mouth. For you say I'm rich, I've become wealthy and need nothing. And you don't realize you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined in the fires so that you may be rich. White clothes, so that you may be dressed, and your shameful nakedness not be exposed, and ointment to spread on your eyes, so that they may see. 
As many as I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be zealous and repent. See, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. To the one who conquers, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Lord, I pray this morning the Holy Spirit would reveal whether we are alive or dead. It is in the name of the Sovereign King Jesus we pray. The Amen, the Originator, Christ Jesus. Amen. So we start this one a little bit differently. Whereas he's referenced his eyes, his feet, his sword... This one begins right to the end of the church in Laodicea that says the Amen. And so number one, I want you to see if you're taking notes, the originator. I like everybody to have my notes, but I also like you to have to pay attention to hear it. All right, so sometimes I have them up there, sometimes I don't. Normally it's because I don't know what I'm going to preach yet. By the time the week closes, it's Thursday. Sunday's a long time away. And if I don't have a relationship that is improving every day, then something's wrong. If God is not teaching me something between Thursday and Sunday, then I am a miss. So here we go. The originator. So he says, thus says the amen. Now this is, this is going against a hypocrisy, a heresy that was claiming that Jesus was created. So he's saying, I'm the final, I'm the alpha, the omega, I'm the amen. I'm the one worthy of all glory, all honor, and all praise. And God did not create me. John 1 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So this morning, we're not going to sit here and contemplate whether or not Jesus was created. He has been, He has always been, and He will always be. Do you agree with that church? Say amen. So He's got us. We're all in agreement here at the beginning of the passage. Thus says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the one who cannot lie, will not lie, whose words will endure forever, whose words will not return void. The originator of God's creation. Not only am I going to be the one that's there at, at the end, at the judgment, but I was there My voice spoke into existence with the voice of the Almighty Father. I was there. This is who's talking to you with the authority that belongs to me. And if I was there when you were created, if I was there when everything was created, 
And I am a loving, sustaining, interactive God. If any of you out there who are agnostic, some believe that God, there is a God, but He started everything into motion, and He just steps back and let be whatever might be. That is not what Scripture teaches when He says He feeds the birds of the air, right? No, God is active. Now, sometimes I wish He was more active on my behalf than he is. Anybody got an amen for that one? I mean, I got a list of wants that he has not yet taken care of. And one's a 10-pound largemouth bass. <laughs> anyway, that don't matter. It does to me. Anyway. He says, I'm the originator of God's creation. So, heed. Come together, church. Because this church by definition, was not a church. See, in the past, I've heard, I've read that this was just a church that lost their fire for the Lord. Now, that's one application of the truth. But it's not consistent with the words of the passage. He says, so please follow me for the next 83 minutes. The faithful and true witness, the originator of God's creation. I was there. Not only was I there and watched what was created, I know what God intended for creation. So if I know what God intended, then I have an accurate, proper assessment of how far we've gone, and I know the way to connect the two. When we moved... The kids, well, they're not kids anymore. These young adolescent males that I call mine, they loved Legos. And when you move 600 miles to the roads in the interstates of Louisiana, things are going to get messed up. And so when we got home, they put, they had Star Wars, all this stuff. When we got here, it was all messed up. I felt so bad. But do you know them boys went in there and they took the time to find every one of the instruction booklets and put every one of those things back together. Now when things get way out of whack... When things get out of line and they start falling apart, why are we not smart enough to go back to the one who was the originator? The one who knows exactly how every piece could go together, should go together, but it's not the only way it can go together. You see, I can put anything together with my life. But he was the originator. He knew the intention. We've got to move on. Number two, I want you to see the observer in verse 15. The originator in 14, the observer in 15. He said, I know your works. Now, in a lot of the churches, that was a compliment. In a lot of these churches, it was to some capacity an affirmation that the Holy Spirit lived existed within the congregation 
of the church. Remember, they didn't have a Bayou Vista Baptist Church. They didn't have First Baptist. Can I just mention, did you see them shingles spread out around this place? I saw them yesterday, and I just flopped on one of them. I was so happy to see it. I just got on it and gave it a big hug. So there should be a lot of work going on. But he's saying, hey, I know what's going on. I have measured you. I am the one that gets to measure. I'm the originator. If I'm the originator, then I get to make the instructions because the product is mine and ensuring the product is also my initiative and agenda. So let's go faster. Let's go farther. I wish, he says, I know your works that you are cold or hot. You're not, you're not even cold or hot. Now, we've often heard that what that means is we've lost our fire for Jesus. You know, we're either lost or we've lost our fire for Jesus. Well, you keep reading in the way he speaks to the church. And I'm going to go ahead, and then I'm going to come back. He says, I wish you were cold or hot. I wish you were one or the other, but because you're lukewarm, you're nothing. I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Now you need to hear, the, do you get the vernacular there? This is not, hey child, I'm going to discipline you. This is, I'm going to vomit you away from me because I cannot, dis- I despise you. I despise what you're doing, so called under my name. You make me nauseous. Now, God would not say that to his children. So let's keep going. I wish you were neither hot or cold, but I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. For you say, you say you're rich. Now, any Christian should be able to say they were rich because they're inheritance and they're adopted by the King of kings and Lord of lords, right? But it says you say you're rich and that I've become wealthy and need nothing and yet you don't realize that you are wretched. Church? Wretched. Now, I'm not going to look at my children and say, I wish you were never a part of my family. You are wretched. I may say, you've disappointed me. You know better. We need to get this right. Keep going. This is not just, oh, Christian, you need to get on fire for Jesus. This is, there is one name under heaven among men by which you must be saved, and that's the name of Jesus Christ. And any time a church begins to focus on anything other than the great commission and the good news of Jesus Christ, it is not a church. No, they had a sign, Church of Laodicea. 
But the originator says, no, this is not what all, at all what I intended. So because you're lukewarm in the heart of Kola, I want, you out of, I want you out of my face. For you say I'm rich and become wealthy and you need nothing. And you don't realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind. I was blind, but now I... So we're not talking about the redeemed. This church is full of people who like to pretend they love Jesus, but have never surrendered, never given their life, never made a profession of faith. Blind and naked. He's saying you can't hide anything. You have... You do not have the white clothes, the white garments that are Jesus's that He bestows upon you at salvation. Let's keep going. So He says, here's what I got for you. You see the observer's response right here. I advise you to buy gold. Buy from me gold refined in fire so that you may be rich. White clothes, so that you may be clothed, dressed. Because when I look at you, I don't see my son in the garment, the royal attire that belongs to him. What I see is not just hypocrisy, it's You've got to be a Christian to be a hypocrite. What Christ is seeing here is, is you're not even believers. And friend, you, I mean, you've heard the statistics. 80% of the people that sit in our pews have never made a true profession of Christ for Christ. 80%. And so he's saying, church, you're not even a church. You're not mine. Or these words would have been much different. They would have been church. Revelations chapter 2, first, first, ver, first, first church. Return to your first love. You see, that would have been the message. But that's not the message here. The message is church. You say you're good. You say you're rich. No, no, no. What I'm telling you is you are poor, pitiful, naked. And so what I'm going to advise you to do is to buy something from me. Now, we know salvation's free. But it is a process that man's responsible for. Let's keep going. White clothes that you be dressed and your shameful nakedness not be exposed. An ointment to spread on your eyes so that you may see. They're blind. At salvation, what does he do? He opens our eyes to the truth. So, what salve? What is he talking about? You remember when the blind man came to Jesus? 
Now you need to see the depth of the story. The blind man came to Christ wanting to be healed, and what did Jesus do? Spit in the mud. And he wiped it. And then it says he put it on his eyes. And it, they opened, and the man, it says the man opened his eyes, and he saw as if men walking in the air. You see, when Jesus heals, he heals perfectly. So for this man, he was healed and he saw the spiritual. He saw the spiritual realm. And so when he asked Jesus what's going on here, Jesus brought him back to the human place, the finite place. So he's saying, church, you need an ointment on your eyes so that you can see. As many as I love, I rebuke and discipline. That is not, he's saying he loves them, but this idea of them being his children is highly debatable. So be zealous and repent. Oh, listen to this. See, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and eat with him and he with me. Now, we know the Holy Spirit draws, but in this occasion, He's saying, hey, church, here I am. I'm right here. You know where I am. I'm at the door. You can come to me or you can stay where you're at. But where you're at, you're pitiful, wretched, poor, blind, and naked. But you know where to find me. Y'all have an assembly that you're referring to as church. But you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Now, This morning, if you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I will do everything in my power to encourage you to do that, except sin. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to handle that in just a second. I don't care how old you are, and I don't care how long you've been attending church. The originator, the amen sees. Now, I've been here, how long has it been, Judy? 14 years? Yeah, we've been through a lot. Just a few months now. I've seen some of you raise your hands. My job here is to tell you how to be a church God can bless and bless in a favor that you've not seen in years. You've seen God's favor. You've had glorious days. But somehow we got in this place where we, we cared more about ourselves than those were, were not here. If Jesus cared the same way, he'd have never left heaven. You realize that? There were already angels in heaven. He was already with the Father. But he cared more about your absence from that congregation than he did his comforts in heaven. And that's where the church has gotten. We like our church. 
And I'll tell you what I'm most scared about. We go out and get some new folks. Y'all going to have to move your chairs. Now, we laugh, but you know. You know what that means. We're going to go home, call our friends, get on our Facebook. You believe somebody was in my seat. So here's what I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to encourage you to sit in a different place every Sunday. Let's just get used to it. Let's just get used to it like God might send somebody. And here's what I also need as we go forward. When people sit on the end, it's hard for people to get by. So let's just move on in. I want us to love each other like brothers and sisters in Christ, shoulder to shoulder, holding hands the whole time. Just kidding. So where we get is lost or saved, but there is also this implication that one can start out really hot And this is an application of the truth, not the context of the passage. You can start out real hot, and then the world can dilute you until you're lukewarm. Ain't nothing you can do with lukewarm water. So here's where we end. One, are you a Christian? I didn't ask if you would walk down an aisle. I'm asking you, do you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you're a believer? Has there ever been a time you gave up your claim to be rich and claim that you didn't need any help, your claims of arrogance, And let him clothe you with righteousness. And again, going on three months or whatever, some of you have raised your hand saying, you accepted Christ, but you've never called me, reached out to me. So friend, I I don't really know how serious that is. So, there's a couple things we're going to have to get right before God opens the windows of heaven and blesses you as you've told me you wanted to be blessed. One, be grateful for discomfort. His discomfort was not so you could be comfortable. His sacrifice was not so you could be indifferent. So one, are you a Christian? Because the attitude most of us convey toward the outside world concerns me when compared to the heart of Christ. Second, has there ever been a time you were closer to Jesus Christ than you are right now? Now here's what's about to really get awkward. Do you think I like preaching this stuff? 
I'd much rather get up here. Jesus loves y'all. My friend, that ain't going to get us nowhere in this evil world. Has there ever been a time you were closer to Jesus Christ than you are right now? And if not, I'll tell you, COVID destroyed the altar. We got comfortable with not going anywhere. We got comfortable with not talking to anybody. I think we've gotten comfortable with not moving when God tells us to move. Did God tell us not to fear? Did He tell, we, tell us we are sheep to the slaughter? Government told us if we came to church, we was going to certainly die, didn't He? What did we do? We ran for the hills like we were certainly going to die. Best thing I got ahead of me is going to be with my Jesus. Right? You see how he just chipped? Lord, this morning, it's a time for consideration of each of our hearts. Not our spouses, not our neighbors, not our Sunday school teachers, not our deacons, not even mine. It's time for each of us to look at our own heart. And Lord, I, yes, I do know I'm a Christian. But I can honestly say there was a day I walked closer to you and I shared the gospel more than I do right now. So Lord, I'm, I'm your child, but I'm, I'm not necessarily a child in which you find great favor. And so, Lord, we're, we're all going to have a chance to answer that question. Lord, we can talk about fall festival, women's conferences. Man, we can dream big. Without your hand of favor. With the church, without the church aligning under your spiritual authority. We are absolutely wasting our time at as you will vomit us out. So first, are we a Christian? And I'm, Lord, I'm not going to use the word saved because I don't even think we did a good job explaining what that means. Have we followed Jesus Christ or not? Second, are we walking as closely with Him as we ever have? The preceding message was presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about Bayou Vista, including contact info, go to the website www.bvbch.com. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.